Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia. This is Delfina Govia, your busy business boss, executive, strategist, and transformational leader, whose mission on this show is to educate, engage, and energize the global community on topics of sustainability and ESG. ESG Energized audience, we are once again at the Methane Mitigation Conference at the Norris Center here in Houston, Texas, hosted by IQPC. And this is the second year for this event, and I am joined by the event director, Olivia Schurer, to help us get this kicked off. Olivia, welcome to ESG Energized. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us, tell my audience, those that were not listening last year when we did this, about this event. And what do we have in store for us? Absolutely. So this is the largest methane mitigation conference in the north of America. And I think our real point of differentiation is that we take a very holistic view to methane mitigation. So we are bringing together operators, investors, solution providers, and academics into one room to take that really holistic approach and to find those solutions to tackle methane within the oil and gas industry. So I remember last year one of the really compelling reasons for being here and the outcome was that people were able to really share amongst each other how they were addressing this topic inside of their organizations. And in talking to the folks during the lunch breaks and at the happy hours, they're people really getting a lot of value in being able to share with each other. Absolutely. Collaboration, I think, is the key piece to this event. It's about bringing everyone together, sharing experience, sharing best practices, and really seeing what the route forward is with this. I am suspicious, and we're going to see as the, as the, the days go along, what the energy is around the recent announcements on Saturday from the government giving us a little bit of an insight as to what's what's ahead of us for the next two years. Definitely, for sure. This is a very timely conference. I think it's almost maybe too soon in that a lot of people haven't yet had the chance to digest yeah, what the that EPA announcement said, and yeah. what, they've, what they've brought out. But obviously, we had Tim Reinhardt talking this morning uh, from the DOE, which was brilliant to hear, and he could shed some light um, on that announcement. And I think... I think on the backdrop of the regulation, these conferences are only going to grow bigger and bigger, even within the space of the last year. It's incredible to bear witness to the way in which this program has developed. We are constantly bringing in new topics, new themes, um, and I can't see that stopping any anytime soon. I agree. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for getting this kicked off for us, and we're going to look forward to a phenomenal event. Looking forward to it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen of the ESG, ESG Energized audience, I have here joining me Gloria Gelach <laughs> from NanoPlus. She is the global head of sales. Gloria, yeah, right. welcome. Thank you very much, Delfina. Not only to the Methane Mitigation Conference and to the ESG Energized podcast, but welcome to the United States of America. I, I understand that you came <laughs> in from Germany, did you not? Yeah, that's right. I wow. came in from Germany on Sunday. 
Ah, okay. Are you just going to be here in Houston, or are you going to... No, just going to be in Houston just this in, time. For this time? Okay. Yeah. Well, next time, you'll get to see and do more. Oh, yeah, but I've seen quite a lot, so it's all right. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Well, obviously, methane mitigation is an important conference for you guys, but tell my audience why and what does NanoPlus do, because it is super cool. Yeah, sure. So uh, NanoPlus is actually a manufacturer of lasers, um, very specifically lasers for gas spectroscopy, um, because most of our customers do TDLAS, so tunable diode laser spectroscopy. With wait, wait, our say lasers. that slower for me. Tunable? Yes, tunable diode laser okay. spectroscopy. Okay. Or sometimes there is an A between. Um, laser and spectroscopy so that would be laser absorption spectroscopy you can do that however you like put it in or leave it out okay. people will understand so it is so bottom line is for for those of us that are not very technical yeah is you do detection of right. of leaking gases right you could basically um, detect any gases that you want you could go from oxygen um, ammonia various um, toxic and uh, dangerous gases like uh, hydrogen chloride, hydrogen sulfide, um, moving over to the carbon oxides, nitrous oxide, and of course, um, that's why we're here today, uh, to methane. And um, you can detect them. So the measurement method, let me just explain very briefly. So you have a laser that has a very specific wavelength, let's say for methane. Okay. And um, you shine that through ambient air or through a gas specimen and um, the methane molecules will basically absorb some of the light so at the end of at the detector side you will not have 100% light being received but just a fraction of it due to the methane that is present and by that kind of fraction of light that is being received you can calculate the amount of methane that you have in the gas specimen or in your ambient air. Do you have use cases that you can reference for us in the oil and gas space, like examples? Oh, yeah, there, there are various. Um, so we have uh, various um, examples from the oil and gas where companies are detecting water, um, which is a different story, but there we would probably reference, um, for example, Spectra Sensors or now Anderson Hauser. Um, and we also have various examples of methane. So, for example, um, there is a company uh, called Seekops, who we just visited a couple of days ago, um, who are basically doing drones oh. with our sensors, um, flying them over gas wells or um, yeah, also other areas, um, and doing a methane mapping with that. Um, cool. The the special thing about lasers is you can go to very, very low detection limits. Okay. Um, another application is also a customer we've just visited yesterday is um, Heath Consultants um, here in Houston. Um, they are basically doing methane mapping, not yeah, also for the oil and gas industry, but also for um, yeah, regular people. They are basically mounting it on a car. Um, driving through residential areas and doing methane mapping there, so it's very much downstream from the oil and gas industry. Oh. Um, whereas, um, yeah, measuring at the wells is more like upstream, so you could basically do, uh, use it all down the line from upstream to downstream at the end user. Um, laser 
analyzers can be very, very small. They can be portable devices because they don't use much energy. Um, they don't have to have a big setup, so you can easily make them handheld devices. Uh, I was imagining that they could be small if you're going to attach them to drones. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so the one to the drone is like, um, about, well, a foot long, I would say, and a few centimeters wide. Um, and um, it weighs about 700 grams or so. Oh, wow. That's so nothing. Yeah, it's basically nothing. And the drone has batteries and everything supporting it, um, equipped with anemometers, so you can actually um, account for the wind that is present and, oh. um, yeah, re recalculate. So if, if the wind is coming from one direction and you detect methane there, so you can actually recalculate where it should be coming from in the origin. Ah, okay. So that you can pinpoint yeah. the, the yeah. origin of the, the source of the, of yeah. the leak. Exactly. Huh. So what do you think of this conference so far? Um, so far, I mean, we knew what we were getting into. Um, so it's, it's relatively far away from us and from our usual crowd that we have at conferences. Um, because this is more like the end user market, but this is exactly where we want to get in touch with people. And we feel like um, this conference has a lot of the decision makers. Yes. So it's exciting to get them into networking, um, to get into talking with them about the technologies they actually use for methane detection, because I think that's not really present um, at, at the end user side. Hey, what technology are we actually using and what downsides are there to the technology that we're using? And is there something better? So that's the reason why we're here, and I think for that one, the conference is really good. Would you say that in some cases, it's not whether or not a technology in and of itself is better or worse, but that the application that the user needs to uh, employ is really what's driving the decision for the type of technology that they use? But some things work better for, for some companies than others. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So in, in some applications, um, some technologies work better than others. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that, that's true. It's just that um, in, in some cases, uh, you, can, you can basically get back to a technology that has been there 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Um, or you could basically go to a new technology and you could actually get some advantages um, but it's it's just a problem that sometimes people don't really know that there is a new technology mm, okay. or that there are like these usual prejudices. Oh, hmm, yeah, hey, maybe it's much too expensive and these are so bulky and nah, maybe let's not try that. Yeah, so that's the advantage of these, these conferences. You come, you can go around to different exhibitors and their booths, you can see the setups, you can ask, ask the questions and get the education. Exactly, yeah. Wonderful. And that's really great here. Well, that's the mission of our show is to educate uh, folks and get them energized around these topics. Well, yeah. Gloria, thank you so very much for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, ESG Energized audience, I now have with me Kristen Meredith. Hello. 
from bower compressors and I'm nervous because <laughs> Kristen actually has experience. She hosted a radio show. I did in college. It was called Shred the Gnar. It was on 91.3 FM. Shred the Gnar? What? Yes. It's, it was a surf themed, surf and snowboard themed because that was my passion at the time. Shred the Gnar? It's, it's a term. It's a term if, if you're the in the surfer's gay culture. It basically just means like have a really good ride. Okay, shred the. Okay, I see. I get the shred. Yeah, means like you're dominating something. You're you're destroying it. You're shredding it. Yep, that's the verb. Okay, what's what's a gnar? <laughs> the gnar is the noun. So, gnar is basically like a really good wave, or like a really good mountain, or a really good time, or a really good situation that you're in in extreme sports. So if it's gnar, like if it that means like it's, it's really gnarly? good. Yeah, like it's gnar. Does that do, is it really? They're similar. Yes. Uh, oh my god. Gnarly is the adjective of gnar. Right. <laughs> okay, so what did you grow up in California or something? Um, actually, I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, okay, okay, okay. Still a big surf culture. I grew up at the beach. Okay, so okay, that's okay. that's where that comes from. Okay, all right. <laughs> you can you can stay on my show. You're not from California. No, not okay. from California. <laughs> <laughs> Only been once or twice. Okay, okay. It's beautiful out there, but I guess it is. Lord have mercy. Okay, <laughs> um, Kristen Meredith, you are the Energy Business Development Manager. Yes, ma'am for Bauer Compressors, and Bauer is not new in our space. Many people know Bauer, but tell, for those that don't know Bauer Compressors, tell us about Bauer and what you guys what you guys do. Okay. Um, yeah, so Bauer has been manufacturing compressors in the United States for over 70 years. Mm-hmm. Um, our company is based in Munich, Germany. That's where the Bauer name comes from. So the block is manufactured in Germany, but it is transported to the United States and packaged in Norfolk, Virginia. So that's where the Virginia Beach, Virginia comes into play. I love Norfolk. You do? Yes. I love seeing the ships on the water. Lots yeah. of lots of Navy. It's yes. a big customer of ours. Oh, okay. Yes. We sell okay. a lot of compressors to the Navy because okay. our, our bread and butter business that we've been doing for a really long time is breathing air. That's, that's basically high pressure compression of breathing air into tanks so if you know there's a dangerous situation and the air quality is not appropriate for breathing you have that air stored on your tank on your back so like firefighters yeah yeah yeah, scuba divers things like that that's that's the high pressure business that everybody knows us for Um, but people don't know is the presence we have on the cng side and the renewable natural gas side and the methane mitigation side and that's why we're here Uh, we're trying to develop our mitigation strategy and we're trying to find partnerships with, you know, certain companies to to grow that side of our business. Ah, okay. So give me an example of the type of project that you would execute. Okay. Uh, Currently, we have a couple projects um, in the virtual pipeline space and the fugitive gas recovery space. So for fugitive gas recovery, we are taking systems and attaching them to current larger compressors, centrifugal compressors on um, the midstream pipeline sector. And what we're doing is taking the CNG that is leaking off of those compressors and we are capturing it and then recompressing it down the pipeline so it's not getting emitted into the atmosphere. So that's a big one that we're doing right now with a customer that I don't know if I can say their name. Um, yeah, let's, the, not, let's not risk it. 
on the radio. Um, but they are happy with our solution, and so we they asked us to engineer it for them. Ah. So now we're saying, hey, we have this really great solution, we have this one really great customer, but we want to serve more companies in the industry and in, in the fugitive gas and vapor recovery space. So that's a big initiative um, of one of the reasons that we're here, and that's a current job that we're doing. Um, another one is virtual pipeline, which is basically taking CNG and compressing it into a tube trailer and transporting it to places where you can't have a pipeline close by or there's no energy close by that's available. So then they transport the CNG and use it on site um, in, in locations where there is no other energy source. Were you guys in Phoenix a couple months back at the gas machinery conference? We were not. Because, okay. again, we're still very new. Still new to this. Um, in this yeah. space, and we are trying very hard to grow that space. We've we've been in the CNG compression side in fleet fueling. So for, like, oh, bus fleets yeah, 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 yeah. or disposal garbage fleets, you see that CNG yeah. side yeah. on the side of a dump truck. Um, we have been putting... CNG into those types of vehicles for a really long time. Um, we've been doing that for about 30 years. So we're like, hey, we have CNG compression solutions. And again, a customer came to us and said, hey, we want to do renewable natural gas upgrading. So we started moving into the renewable natural gas side. And then now we are taking the renewable natural gas and compressing it into the tube trailers and then ah. transporting it to the pipeline. So, so we're developing in different areas of the CNG industry, but the methane emission is something that we're really trying to grow our business in. And it's something that is, it's one of our clean energy initiatives for, for the upcoming years, especially with all of the regulations that are yeah. being put in place um, and all the government impact that's happening recently in this space. So we just want to get our solutions out more to the public. That's kind of the big piece. So in this Solution development. Mm -hmm. It sounds that you're the, that you're not just doing this, you know, within the confines of your own walls. Correct. You're you're doing it in partnership with. Yes, we with have lots of partners. Um, one big one that we have right now. Uh, well, we have a couple in the renewable natural, natural gas space. Um, those are companies like Protoval, Nacelle, uh, DMT, Bioenergy, Devco. Um, a couple other ones as well. But those are the big big partners that we're working with right now. But now that we're getting more involved in this virtual pipeline space, we've been uh, partnering with a company called Sapphire Gas Solutions. And they have been taking landfill gas and upgrading it. And then now they want to transport that gas to the pipeline because there's not a pipeline close by yeah. Yeah. to where the landfill is. So basically, we're increasing the gas from... I think it's 20 PSI to 3,600 PSI, and we're putting it in the trailer so they can go and inject it into the pipeline and get their renewable natural gas credits from the injection. Oh, very cool. Yes. Yeah, so that's and so now the methane mitigation piece is how do we take all these other pieces of our CNG business and put it towards, you know, trapping and capturing that methane. So that's where the fugitive gas project came into place where. We're taking the leaky gas, which is what everybody at this conference is monitoring, uh -huh, and they're yeah. trying to find and detect and gather all their data. That's kind of what we're finding is a lot of this conference is all about the data data capture, data optimization, recording, reporting, yeah. monitoring. Um, but we do that, and we do partner with a couple companies that that do that piece as well. But we're one of the only manufacturers of compressors here. We're the only compressor yeah, manufacturer. That's right. That's right. Um, here. So it's interesting that, you know, we might be 
one of the first companies to think about entering this space and having solutions in this space. So we're very excited to see how it's going to develop. So what does the path forward look like? You're going to just focus on these few uh, pilot projects that you have. You're looking to expand those projects. What is what is the near future look like for you guys? What's on the on the books? Yeah, the near the near future for us is finding partners that need these kinds of solutions and maybe even potential solutions we haven't engineered yet because we are a solutions provider. We're not just a compressor manufacturer. And our biggest goal is to is to find partnerships where we can come together, maybe they can provide us with a solution that we need, and then we're going to provide them with a solution that they need. So it's a it's a mutual beneficial relationship with maybe like a, a gas supplier or um, a data analyst, analytics space or a service provider, a gas service provider. So um, basically just expanding on what we're currently doing and hitting more markets and providing more people with the compression that they need. So can we, for those that are listening, since you know we cover the entire, entire oil and gas space, we reach everybody in every country of the world, um, what, how can we have people get in touch with you if they are interested in partnering up and exploring opportunities and putting their engineering talent together with your engineering talent to see if you know they yeah. can dream up some new stuff what can we do can we can we put in an uh, absolutely a call to action a of call, course yeah um, uh, so my name is Kristen Meredith I'm in the business development piece of our CNG side of our business you can find me on LinkedIn it's Kristen Meredith power compressors I come right up I promise <laughs> um, so that's a big one I, I do a lot of uh, work on LinkedIn I spend a lot of time there and then also our website is www.bowercomp.com I'm gonna put that in the show notes okay so that, yep yep people can just click yep you just click on that um, and that'll take you to all of our solutions not just our CNG because we also compress nitrogen uh, we compress helium we compress argon all of the noble gases we compress breathing air um, so this is just one piece of our very very large puzzle that we have been developing and you know manufacturing compression systems for generations. So we're just excited to hopefully get into this clean energy initiative. And then um, also hydrogen is becoming one of our initiatives as well. Right now we're still in research and development phase um, of our hydrogen compression. We're very, very close to testing and having a complete solution in that space as well. Um, So we're very excited about that development. So am I going to see you at the next hydrogen conference? There's a lot of hydrogen conferences. (laughs) There's a ton of hydrogen conferences. So we're, we're trying to figure out you Which know, where ones? to put those dollars um, and to see where we could fit in that space as well. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad that you guys are here this year. Thank you. I and appreciate it. We look forward to seeing what comes of it. Yes, I'm very excited. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, next up at the microphone here at the Methane Mitigation Conference at the Norris Center in Houston, Texas, is a visitor from up north. We have Henry Tessier, who has joined us again this year. Henry and I met last year, and he is the managing partner for CalScan Solutions. Henry, thank you for coming back on the show. Obviously, I didn't scare you too badly last time. No, no, we had a lot of fun last time. I thought we did, too. (laughs) I thought we did, too. So what I need you to do, first of all, is very quickly remind everybody what CalScan Solutions does. 
and then I'm going to pepper you with questions from there. Okay, fantastic. I hope the questions aren't too hard. Uh, we'll, <laughs> I, I'm going to really ramp it up this time yes. on you, Henry. Okay, CalScan Solutions. So CalScan Solutions, we um, are... Engineering and manufacturing is in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And then we have sales office in Calgary and also a sales office here in Houston, Porter, Texas. Um, what we do? Well, we do a few things. We've been around since 1995, um, starting with uh, downhole tools and data loggers and uh, flow computers. So we've, you know, we've done and we still continue doing that. Uh, we do quite a bit of rental equipment here in Houston on our data logging and also our downhole tools. Um, since 2010, we start getting into the methane mitigation and measurement side. So we start doing uh, building some of our equipment for low flow applications, like measuring uh, pneumatic devices, like vent gas from pneumatic devices surface casing vents, uh, compressor seals, uh, and over the last few years, we've been doing a lot of measurement on vents from tanks. Oh, okay. So we'll continue discussing that a little bit more here down the road. And then also, in 2010, we start working with electric controls for replacing pneumatic devices. So instead of using fuel gas to run your, your well site, your uh, separator, on uh, pneumatics. We were replacing the pneumatic actuators with electric, running on 24 volts DC, and everything is solar powered with batteries. And we use solar uh, all the way up to Fort St. John in uh, British Columbia. And we've had really good success with our solar. I think that's a big part of our business. We engineer all our electric actuators very, very low power. Uh, so we can have, so we can use solar. So we're, it's still, you know, for power, cost effective, and um, you're not generating any kind of CO2. Right. So we call ourselves true zero, right? And so we're not using any kind of generator for, for backup, any of those pieces of equipment. So it's working out really good for us on that side of things. So since the last time we spoke, which has been a year now. Yep. What's new and exciting at CalScan? What is the latest and greatest? Okay, so let's let's start. We got a couple things. Um, let's start with our uh, tank measurement <clears throat> on the measurement side of things. Um, we've done a lot of uh, testing, especially up in uh, northern Canada, on tanks um, and quantifying tanks. Okay. What do you mean by quantifying tanks? Well, it's, it's very hard to quantify a tank when you're just taking a, you know, maybe using a camera, an OGI camera, uh-huh. to try to measure, like how much gas is actually coming out of that tank. Oh, okay, okay. Like venting out of that tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. very, very difficult. Or we have a bridger flying over, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and then what we found when we're doing these tanks is we get a lot of surging on certain well sites. Right, from the separator. Okay. So when the separator, when your liquids are dumping, the separator might be undersized and we get a lot of gas carry under. Okay. Right, going into the tank. Yeah. And you'll get a huge surge of gas, right? And then she'll drop by, drop off. So if you got a drone coming over, 
or bridge or like a, a plane coming over, it might see that huge surge or it might see no surge. So right. I might say, oh, it's good. Or, right? oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. Right. But on average, it might, might not be venting that much, right? So we've seen a lot of that on tanks. Okay. Okay. Um, so we've had really good success on that. And our accuracy is going to be around that plus or minus 1% to 2%. So we've got high accuracy. Okay. So the only thing is when we're measuring, we're using a gas turbine, we're measuring the complete volume of that gas coming through. So we do take a sample to know how much methane is in that gas. Okay. Okay. Because there could be some nitrogen and, you mm-hmm. know, a bunch of other C1, C2s yep. in, in the gas included with that. So we will take a sample so we know exactly how much methane that, you know, the bridger, the OGI cameras are actually looking at. Okay. You know, it could be 80%, 85%. And uh, so we get better accuracy on exactly how much methane gas is coming from that tank. Okay, so we've done probably over 100 tanks over the last uh, year, year and a half now. Um, And, you know, I I think the next step is uh, we're looking at, okay, what are we going to do? Now we know these tanks are venting quite a bit. We're knowing that, you know, we've got poor separation up front on a lot of these cases. Um, Regulations are coming down even harder and harder. Yep. Um, They're not going to get easier. No, and it's we're gonna we're gonna have to do something with these tanks. We don't want to shut the well in, mm-hmm. right? Especially yep. up in Canada, the way you know, the royalties and all that, we're gonna lose. Yeah. So we don't want to shut anything in. So we're looking at a we got a project coming up here this summer that we're gonna be looking at using a one. You know, we have a cyclone separator, we call it, mm-hmm. and we're gonna look and put it in front of the tank. So after the pump jack or after the separator, and we're gonna, it, what a cyclone separator, it's a two-phase separator, and it comes in and on an angle and cycles and it separates the liquids from the gas. Yep. There's no retention time, okay? So what the one we're testing is actually just a piece of pipe, a four-inch piece of pipe, and it's certified as a fitting. So we don't need a PSV on top. Ah, okay. okay. Okay, so it's not a vessel. Yeah. Right? But it acts like a vessel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we don't need any retention time. So it comes in, liquids drop, mm-hmm. gas goes under, and we can characterize the volume coming in, the gas volume, and the liquid coming in and characterize that vessel, how big we need to make sure that we get zero gas carry under and zero liquid carry over. Okay. 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 So, so far it's looking pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we'll be doing some testing here probably this spring because we want to measure on top of the tank first, right? Exactly how much we're venting. Yep. Tie in our separator. And now how much are we venting off the tank? Okay. All right. Okay. okay. And then the clean gas could go to our VRU or an inc- uh, combustion, incinerator combustion type or a flare. Right, depending on what kind of infrastructure they have. Yeah, and what okay. regulations were in place too. Yeah, you can't flare. So that's exciting. Yes. Yeah, right. And um, you know, especially we're uh, the government's really excited what we're looking at trying to do here, and um, I think we could have some pretty good success with this. Right, even with you're looking at tank farms with a VRU, the infrastructure to build all the scaffolding and uh, the pipes all on top. 
And then also we need to have blanket gas just in case the VRU is not, you know, sucking too much, making sure that, you know, we're not collapsing our tanks. So it's a huge infrastructure for that. So imagine if we can just have our cycle separator Mm. take most of the gas out, we're not touching the tanks, goes right right into the VRU. How much are we saving there? Yeah. So another application we're looking at. Okay. And who are you partnering with for this type of testing? Do you have a or do you have a preferred customer that is that is in this with you? We do right now um, in Canada. We in have Canada. Uh, okay. Sonovus Energy. Yep. So they're a Everybody big player. Everybody knows Sonovus. Yeah, they're a big player, and we're going to do first of our testing will be on chops. So that's cold, heavy oil production. Ah, uh, okay. So the viscosity is fairly low, or I mean fairly high, sorry. Yeah. So it's it's going to be very difficult. Um, you know, we look at it more for conventional play, but we'll see how it works for the chops, right? Because that's a big problem in our eastern Alberta yep. side of yep. area that we have a lot of venting problems. And a lot of times we'll have a screw pump, no separator because it's fairly heavy oil, goes right into the tank. And then we just vent the gas out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's going to be interesting how that test comes through. So if there were, you're here in Houston, um, if there were a U.S.-based company that was interested in doing this type of testing, mm-hmm. would you guys be willing, open, willing to expand your your footprint? Uh, we probably would, yes. Yeah. You know, we'd have to, uh, uh, depending on what play it is, um, you know, we like to do the, just the conventional type oil, smaller facility, pump jack with just a separator or tank um, and conventional oil and use our small separator, right? Okay. So, <clears throat> um, and the certification should be all the same for Canada and U.S. We'll need a UL stamp, which we, right. we have. Uh, but yeah, we could, we would be interested in, you know, we, we don't want to spend our fingers too far. Yeah. We, you know, we'd like to get this test done first before we really start manufacturing and doing more testing. Um, you know, everything is, looks promising mm-hmm. uh, with characterizing the vessel. Right now, it looks like we get zero chaos carry under, uh, which is great. And, uh, but, you know, we need to do measurement. We had to prove it first. Yeah, right? absolutely. And it's nicer to do it in our backyard before we start, you know, we do have an office here, but we're not really set up to do that here as a, like, like we are in, in, uh, in, in, in Alberta. Yeah. Right. But that's a good question. I, I think we're, we're going to, I'm sure we're going to come down and do something like that here for sure. Um, cause uh, I think it, the application could be, I think it's a great application. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, you know, f- for cost and, and, uh, you know, just, Get making sure that we're not venting out of these tanks. Yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be huge myself, right? And there's a lot of tanks out there. Oh, <laughs> and it's so hard. You know, what do we do with these? Like I said, we don't want to shut the wells in. No, right? No. Um, so we we got to try to get. If we can, you know, if we can, kind of do things that we can knock the gas out before we touch the tank is ideal because the infrastructure that 
you know, there's a lot of old tanks out there. Mm-hmm. That are. it's very difficult to kind of, you know, if you want to put an incinerator, you got to put all your plumbing up, and now you got to be careful on back pressure. Yeah. Right, because uh-huh. you know you're gonna pop the hit the hatch, right? Uh, so there's a lot of safety issues when you're on top of the tank. Yeah. yeah. And bringing piping down, and then you got moisture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, liquids coming into your with your gas drain coming down. So there's a lot more issues on that side. So if we can knock the gas out before it hits the tank, yeah, I think it's a win-win. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So since you are one of my return guests, you this is your second year here at the Methane Mitigation Conference, are you seeing, noticing, hearing any differences from last year to this year? Um, any impressions? Yeah, I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, yes. Uh, I think we're further ahead than we were last year. Um, on the measurement side. Do you feel, do you right? think that we're, so of course we're further ahead, right? Of course yes. we're not going backwards, but do you think that we are sufficiently further ahead? Do you think that we, as a, a group of very dedicated technicians, because this is a room full of technicians here, mm-hmm. that we're, we're, we're where we thought we would be a year later? Or have we exceeded that? Or we didn't do so good? I think we we are where we should be. Um, there's I, I noticed there's a more a few more you know, companies in in the, in the met, in the space now. Uh, I think you'll see more and more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially on the detection and measurement side. Uh huh. Right. You're seeing a lot more. You know, companies with higher, better tech, um, trying to you know, trying to get better accuracy on how much we're venting yeah. through the cameras. Um, and so, I, yeah, I can see that side of things. It grew a little bit, um, on the mitigation side of things. Um, you know, we're still limited on what we can do on the mitigation for pneumatic devices. Yeah. Right. We got the electric controls, we've got the air compressors, right. And that, 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 that'll grow a lot more over the next five to 10 years. Okay. Cause we're, that's our next step. I think, like for us in Canada, you know, the, the measurement side, the detection side, we're going past that now. Mm-hmm. We know we're venting. Right. We know we're venting in certain areas a lot more than we, we should be. Now, what are we going to do with that? Okay. Now we're, we're getting to the stage, okay, we're going to put our money. We're not putting our money anymore into the measurement or into the, you know, fugitive detection side of things anymore. Most of the money now is going into mitigation. Okay. Okay. And I can see that coming here in the U.S. also mm-hmm. sooner than later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if, if we've, you know, you can only measure so much, okay? <laughs> and detect, <laughs> right? Okay. Now it's time to do something Now what are we going to do with it? Yeah. Right? Okay. And I think that's our next step, like, like the tanks. Right. What are we going to do with that? Hmm. Right? You know, on the pneumatic devices, we have good solutions. We got electric actuators. We have instrument air, right? We have uh, nitrogen that we can use. So we have some good technology. Now just be able to focus and put money into it and then start doing our retrofits, right? And there's a lot of work doing that. Oh gosh, yes. Right, so that would be the next thing, you know, making sure everybody has inventory, 
and able to do all the changes with manpower, right? Hmm. Okay. Well, last um, I'll let you, let you have the last word, Henry. What what do you want my audience to know to be thinking about over the next, I'd say, few months to a year? For CalScan Solutions or for for CalScan for CalScan Solutions and for the mitigation of methane. Okay, well, let's start with CalScan Solutions. I think um, yeah, we're really excited with our with our with our tanks. Um, you know, over the next year, we're going to have some really good results. <clears throat> I would say even in the next first six months here, right? Uh, so we're excited with that. Do you guys publish any results? Do you guys have like on your website? Do you share any information that people um, can follow? This, this, I'm yeah, just curious. We, yeah, we, we're, okay. we're tied in with uh, this one. Uh, we got a grant okay. with uh, CRIN and PTAC. Okay. Right? Um, and then Synovus also put money into it. Okay. So there's uh, 50, 50% they're sharing on each, uh, for each side of things. But uh, we'll probably do a white paper on something like that. Okay. So, right? Sorry <clears throat> to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited about that. Uh, and then our electric controls, uh, we, got, we ended up... We didn't really discuss it too much, but we we have a, a new dump valve. Oh well, please share that. Right, I and um, we've had really good success with our new dump valve. Okay. Um, and actually, the valve is a hydroplex valve, and uh, they actually manufacture in Lafayette. Uh huh. Okay. So we're the dis- main distributor up in Canada, and um, the valve is withstanding a lot more rugged with sand. Uh, high differential pressures. Um, it's been just unbelievable for us, hmm. right? So we've had really good success, more success than we ever thought we could with that dump valve, because a lot of pro- there's been a lot of problems with dump valves with opening and closing, leaking, packing, leaking on stems, uh, hard on electric actuators going up and down on motors, wa- you know, uh, uh, bevel washers breaking. So we're getting away from all that. So very less low maintenance. And um, like I said, yeah, it's been really fantastic for us on that side of things. Okay. So I think over the next year, you'll see a little bit more mitigate people putting more money into solving problems, getting rid of the methane gas. And and I think, you know, a conference like this, you'll see probably, you know, more and more conferences, we're hoping. Um, you know, we, we've, we've been doing conferences for a long time in, in Canada on the methane side of things. Yeah. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, because we still have to drill. That's right. Right. That's right. So the more we drill, the potential of more methane venting we have. So we, you know, so when we're building new, let's design them for zero emission. There you go. As much as possible. That's the key. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we'll we'll end this segment. Henry Tessier, thank you so well, very thank much. Thank you for very much again. Joining us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com. <laughs>